Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about the Duval Dilemma. Will <laughs> Duval go broke? Another one of your finest. So there's been a lot in the media about the Duval Group, which is a property developer based in Auckland. And we've seen a lot of articles recently, both in Business Desk and the NBR, the National Business Review. Now, most of those are behind paywalls, and so we want to talk about what the substance is behind it, and should you invest with Duval? Now, I want to be really clear about why we're recording this episode now. This is not a beat-up, it's not a goss session, even though Andrew and I are probably the biggest goss queens <laughs> in the property investment industry. Andrew, why are we recording this episode? So, as an investor purchasing new build properties, it really does matter who your developer is. Why is that? Well, number one is because you want your property to actually be built. And if the developer does go broke halfway through the build, well, that's not going to happen. And number two, the quality of the property matters. So you need to get what you've signed up for. And as an investor, you need to ask some questions before you go signing up for an investment property. And look, we've had quite a few people email into the show asking us to comment on some of these media articles. So here we are. Now, look, we have talked about Duval a lot in the past. And if you want to know what we think, we've released an excellent YouTube video looking at their specific properties and some of the things going on there. We've also got an article. We'll link both of those in the show notes. So you can probably just Google Duval Review and they both come up on the first page. But over the last three months, there have been some more concerning developments. And so we're going to talk about those more specifically and Duval's financial position. Now, of course, we do not have any sort of insider information into Duval, but because a lot of those articles are behind paywalls, we do want to talk about it. Now, Andrew, what's probably the thing that's most concerning you that's come up recently? Okay, and this is definitely the one that is in the back of my mind as being a major red flag. The FMA, the Financial Markets Authority, has hinted that their property fund might have run out of money. Now, the FMA issued a formal warning to Duval Capital Partners Limited over, and I quote, misleading or deceptive statements to investors in the Deval Mortgage Fund. And like other developers around at the moment, Deval have a fund. And so what that means is they've collected investors' money to pay for their development. So rather than use bank funding or using a combination of bank funding and some development fund, they've managed to put together their finance through individual investors. Now, usually these funds will pay a return normally in the realm of 10% per annum. Now, as far back as episode 578, which was about two years ago, I've been warning against these funds. And that's because I think that the risks are much higher than most investors think they are. Yeah, recently there's been quite a few articles and FMA warnings about these funds and, you know, episode 578, we were saying we wouldn't put money into those funds. Absolutely not. I mean, these things are open to what's called a wholesale investor, which is someone who has financial substance or, or financial experience to be able to make an informed decision about the risks. But I don't know that there always been wholesale investors investing in these funds. Well, according to the Financial Markets Authority, they gave a warning suggesting that that wasn't the case. So yes. that's not just Andrew Nichols' opinion. That comes from the investigations from the regulator of this industry. Now, in December, Deval contacted those investors that they had in the fund saying that they were going to wind up the fund and that the investors' units in the funds would be converted into shares in the new Deval company. 
and that the investors would get their money out if and when Duval lists on the stock exchange. Now, what was interesting is Duval contacting those investors saying that there were no immediate plans to list on the stock exchange, even though there were articles suggesting they might like to do that in Singapore. However, they have publicly said they're not looking to do that anymore. And also the chair of the specific mortgage funder, it might have been of the overarching group, who was a lawyer in Hamilton, said, actually, we haven't engaged with the NZX, the New Zealand Stock Exchange, to progress that. In my view, that would be a bit pie in the sky at this moment. Absolutely. And in January, Deval contacted the investors again, saying they'd stop paying out the 10% returns to the people in the fund, so you're not even getting your return anymore, and that they would capitalise the returns by issuing more units in the fund. Yeah, so they're not paying out the 10% anymore. Now, the FMA came out and said that was misleading or deceptive communication. And why was that, Andrew? Because the real reason that the cash distributions were suspended was that, and I quote, that they did not have adequate cash flow and the board cannot approve a cash distribution that would render the fund unable to meet its obligations. And when Business Desk asked what that meant, the FMA was quoted as saying, you can draw your own conclusions. And look, I think the only conclusion to make here is that the fund doesn't have the money to pay the returns, which is pretty scary in my mind. And so that's why I say that the FMA has hinted that the fund has run out of money. I think a reasonable person could conclude that from the stuff that's been put out by the FMA, especially that draw your own conclusions. So that's the first thing that's suggesting that, hey, there could be some cash flow issues here. There is a risk that these properties may not get built if Duval-related entities do end up going into liquidation. And that brings me to my next point, is that There has, as recently as one week ago, at the time of recording this episode, a Duval entity has gone into liquidation. In my YouTube video that we released probably about three, four months ago, I talked about that the director of Duval, Kenyon Clark, has previously been bankrupt. And I also shared in that video that he's been very open about this. And of course, people do change over time just because somebody's run into financial troubles in the past doesn't mean that they're always going to continue in the future. Plenty of business people who have gone broke have learnt from that and then not made the same mistakes again. However, on the 16th of March, the National Business Review reported that a Duval partially owned entity, which is Lakewood General Partner Limited, was ordered to go into liquidation by the High Court. And this is after a long-running dispute with a guy called Jeff Downey from Downey Construction who built that specific property. Now, Charlotte Clark, Kenya Clark's wife, who is now the chief executive of Duval, came out and said that winding up a company is a standard part of the development practice. Which actually isn't completely uncommon, I would say that. But there is a difference between winding up a company that isn't broke, i.e. winding up a company that is solvent, that has enough cash to pay all of its bills, Yep, that's a standard business practice. But what's really interesting here is that it was a court-ordered liquidation. And I saw a number of comments in the National Business Review on those articles saying, wake up, yes, a liquidation (laughs) of a company is very standard. The court ordering the liquidation is not standard. Absolutely. And when I ran this past both some of our legal team and our compliance team, they said, well, look, we can't actually tell because the court judgments from the High Court in Hamilton haven't been released yet. So we don't know if it was liquidated by a creditor or whether it was, I know Duval had been applying to wind up this company anyway during this long running dispute with Jeff Downey. So we don't know the exact details here. But what I would say is this is raising some red flags for me as things do not go to court unless they need to go to court. 
So there are some big questions here around, is this company going into liquidation because it's not paying its bills? And if so, it sounds like the, the construction company, Downey Construction, is suggesting that they're owed quite a bit of money. And if that were true, that would suggest to me that uh, perhaps there, there are some cash flow issues within these businesses. Is there some contagion to the other Duval entities, the other Duval businesses? I can't say that. I haven't seen the financials, but it is raising some red flags for me. Number three, and I want to turn to speculation that buildings are taking longer to complete. So last weekend, I was reading on Reddit and I came across a post and there was a Duval whistleblower on Reddit suggesting, and I quote, Wait a second, you were on Reddit? Yeah. You know what Reddit is? Yeah. Turns out I'm not as old as I look. I thought you were about to say, no, I don't know what it is, but I was on it anyway. (laughs) So what did this Redditor, this whistleblower on Reddit say? So, and I'm going to quote from this. As an insider, I can confirm DeVal is 100% fraudulent and trading while insolvent. Wait a second, just before we continue, remember, this is on Reddit, so we cannot verify that this is the case, but we are going to go into more detail in a second. Absolutely. Continue your quote. Yeah. Allow me to explain. The company has three current active projects under construction and four dead projects in the pipeline. The three projects that are under construction include Verge Apartments, Ultra Mega Delayed, Parry Terraces, the most on schedule project, and Mountain Vista Estate, once again, Ultra Mega Delayed. Now, again, you have to take this with a grain of salt because this is a random person on Reddit. Anonymous. So let's check the facts. Well, according to DeVal's Facebook page, they started posting about the Verge Apartments in April 2019. So that's four years ago. The conjecture from the person on Reddit is that their properties are exceptionally delayed. And we'll come, we'll come to why that, that means cash flow issues or could mean cash flow issues in a moment. And they started posting about it in April 2019. The difficulty is I haven't been able to find an expected completion date when they first launched that they project might have removed online. It. Yeah, so none of it's online. But what I can say is that according to a Duval Instagram post, they have shown signed contracts or what they've alleged to be signed contracts as early as May 2019. People were signing up for these properties, according to that Instagram post. Now, that was over four years ago. Now, according to Facebook, August 2020, they secured the development finance. The ground stabilization was completed in August 2021. In December 2021, the foundation was poured, and March 2023, staircases are being installed. So according to Ray White, expected completion is now quarter four, 2023, so the end of this year. Now, as Ed said before, we can't find what the original expected completion was, but if you're selling them four years ago, I think this is an unreasonably long length of time to actually be completing. So if they continue and actually meet the expected completion date, which is being stated by a Ray White agent who is selling these properties, then this project will have been about five years in the pipeline. And if we believe the Instagram post that there was a contract signed back in May 2019, we're talking about four and a half years between when some of the original purchases signed the contract and when the property is eventually completed. That assumes that that quarter four date of 2023 is accurate and that that is actually when the properties are finished being built. Now, Andrew, you've been in the construction business a lot longer than I have. Does four and a half years from signing a contract for an apartment through to actually being able to settle on it, does that sound like a normal period for a purchaser 
purchasing an apartment? Absolutely not. And I would say that the last guy that had a project that I was involved with that took similar length of time, it was massively delayed, the one in Wellington, those Dixon apartments. I remember him saying to me, Ash Palmer, I almost went broke in that process because of the inflation of cost of materials in that time. Well, let's talk about that because the main reason why the long project period becomes an issue is a couple of things. First of all, construction costs go up over time. Since about quarter two, quarter one, 2019 through to the end of 2022, the price of construction has gone up by 24% according to the Cordell Construction Index. So we're talking about that the cost to build something has gone up by about a quarter. Now, not all of those costs would have gone up because they already would have purchased some things and locked in some pricing earlier on. But if you've signed contracts to start selling down an apartment back in 2019, I don't know what the price was, but it would be significantly cheaper than what you're going to sell a property for today. And so you've sold a property at yesterday's prices. And when I say yesterday, I mean three or four years ago (laughs) prices. But you're building it today in today's high inflation environment. So you've sold something for what I assume or what would regularly be relatively cheap. But now it's going to cost you a lot more to build. Well, not only that. Say this has taken twice as long as what they expected. You're paying twice as much interest costs as well. And so that comes to two things. First of all, the profitability of the project and then also the cash flow of the development. So when you put that together, the fact that construction prices have gone up perhaps It may not be as profitable as initially thought. There may be some cash flow issues in there. And then on top of that, you add into the fact that one of their entities has just gone into liquidation and that the builder of that project, the Lakewood Plaza, is alleging that he's still owed money. And on top of that, the FMA has hinted that their property funds may have cash flow issues. And then on top of that, we talk about the fact that in my YouTube video, we discussed the fact that the Lakewood Plaza development actually had a large leak, a property water pipe burst, which meant that a couple of floors of occupants had to be evacuated and will have to move out for a couple of months. There starts to be a lot of question marks around this development company. Now, again, I am not saying that they will go broke. But what I am saying is that investors need to ask some serious questions about whether if they sign up for a Duval property, whether that project is going to be seriously delayed, which could result in you as the investor tying up your equity for a long time. And in addition to that, you need to ask the question about whether the property that's going to be built is going to be built up to spec. And again, I'm referencing the issues that have happened with the Lakewood Plaza development where there's been massive leaks and it's going to be incredibly expensive to fix. And on top of that, if you're a property investor and your tenant's going to move out for three, four, five months, can't remember the exact time frame, you're going to be paying a mortgage but not necessarily collecting rent over that time. And so you need to be asking some questions. And, you know, one of the other things for me, and this is just, you know, something that I've observed, I used to follow Kenyon, but he's blocked me on Instagram. But just some of the way that he spends money when I know that everyone's suffering this year as far as sales go. Developers are finding that their sales are maybe half or a quarter of what they've been previously, and yet they're traveling around in private jets. Something doesn't smell right to me, and there are too many red flags. So, Well, that may be Andrew Nichols' personal opinion. Absolutely, and that is just my personal opinion. That's, I would be, I'm looking at that and thinking, look, there are too many red flags here, so I'm keeping them as a do not recommend on my list of developers. Yep, so we've got a list of developers. I think there's probably about 100 on, on there of whether we've worked with them in the past, whether we've recommended them, all those kinds of things. There are a couple of developers who we just don't recommend 
Duval is one of those developers. And so I just want to release this episode so that if you do decide to make an investment decision, that you can make that fully informed, even if you don't subscribe to Business Desk or the National Business Review. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most of New Zealand property market. Until next time, 